0: Welcome back to the third episode of the Tech Garage. Uh, Both Matt and I are here today, and we're going to be talking a little bit about some uh, consumer electronics that we started using recently, uh, some cool new uh, Raspberry Pi-related stuff, as well as maybe even going into uh, some comic book movies, which are near and dear to our hearts. A little geeky. Geek out a little bit on uh, comic book stuff. Uh, Just like the old days. Yeah, you can't go wrong with uh, comics. Uh, And we may even touch on some... uh, some concerning issues around um the infiltration of the computer world so uh why don't we kick it off with the uh uh, actually how are you doing this week matt i'm doing all right a little little busy a little little frazzled but uh i'm doing all right thankfully we'll uh, go ahead and get a podcast going and make your life a little bit less complicated i I, I,
1: I, I can i can complain about some of the things that went on and uh get it out of my system then i'll feel
0: better oh awesome it's like a therapy online
1: yeah except for since we're recording it a little earlier this week than we did last week i'm not
0: really feeling that i need to get drunk this time i see where that could be difficult yeah 10 o'clock in the morning is not a good time to it's get a, little or, a little early yeah. for me okay sweet so uh why don't you tell us about the uh, soundbar you picked up this
1: week well that's one of the things that i've kind of had some issues with and it turns out as we were talking about before sounds like you've got all the exact same model the samsung <laughs> yeah. samsung hw c450 uh, which I ordered from Amazon and it showed
0: up in my house
1: two days later thanks to Amazon Prime free shipping.
0: Go Prime. Yeah. Oh, hold on. Well, since we've brought Prime up, I would like to call out. Um in our first podcast, I did make a little tiny mistake. I noticed that. Uh, I-, I said that Amazon Prime was $80 a month. That seems a little steep. Which is super steep, and it's also completely and totally wrong. <laughs> it's like $80 a year. Um, so, oh, that seems a lot more reasonable. Yeah, that's much that's more reasonable.
1: That's less than $10 a month.
0: Yeah, and if you take a look at the uh, podcast notes, I did update in there that we suck at getting things at- correct. So, yeah, uh, well, we'll try and... Correct things as we catch them. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so anyways, uh, you order the uh, Samsung sound bar, which is one of those um, really cool bars that sits above the TV. It's got a couple speakers in it, and it's got a wireless um, subwoofer that you put somewhere else, right? Right,
1: and it's great. The new flat-screen TVs, which, like I talked about last week, I, I purchased a new TV a couple months ago. It took me a couple months to finally decide how I want to mount it on the wall, exactly where I want to mount it everything. So I spent some time kind of planning it out, and, and I wasn't in a big hurry. The TV worked great, and I had some uh, PC speakers hooked up to it because the the sound on the new flat-screen TVs, because they're so flat, I think this TV is like an inch thick or something crazy thin like that. They really don't have a great, and, and, the, and the Betzel around it's um, maybe an inch thick. There, there's no real good place for them to put... Large, good-sounding speakers. So, well,
0: even even at that, TVs haven't historically had the greatest speakers in them. I mean, no,
1: they, generally that's the weak point on a lot yeah. of TVs. Even when is, you
0: have a CRT, yeah, you know, yeah. back in the olden days when there was plenty of room for speakers because most of that was just big old plastic emptiness, uh, they still had tiny little speakers that went.
1: Yeah. So, and I'm not a huge sound audiophile. So when I initially hooked it up, I was like, wow, these. And I even kind of went, wow, these. This kind of sounds like crap. It looks gorgeous. It's beautiful. But it kind of doesn't sound great, so I just grabbed some old PC speakers I had, plugged them into the uh, the headphones jack, and and set them behind it since it was sitting on a on mm-hmm. a uh, platform. And I was like, oh, that sounds good enough. It's 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 pretty good. But what I I didn't want some big old beige uh, PC PC speakers. And then there are actually some old LabTech speakers that I've had for like ten years that actually have really good sound. I, I I used to use them for all kinds of things, and they still sound great. But they weren't going to look great sitting in the middle of my living room, plugged into the um, TV, right? So when it I'm just watching, sort of ruins the feng shui of the yeah, room. Yeah, and as, as I'm watching, uh, you know, some big budget Hollywood picture, they're not going to sound as great as I wanted. So I did want to do an upgrade and 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 have a sound system that kind of went with the TV. And and I didn't want to go with full out, full blast with getting a thousand dollar receiver and then hd speaker or then, then then five point whatever speakers then i gotta route the cabling all through the house See, and do all that kind of i
0: mean it, it just that, seemed like too much work that's what i found too is like i i had it in my last place i had a uh, what 7.2 surround sound everywhere or whatever and i was like right. this is just too much i really for what i'm watching on the tv at the house it it doesn't matter yeah and it just causes extra cables it's painful there's a lot of work and yeah
1: so i i I, you know i went through i did the i looked at all the reviews and i kind of applied the different price points and really i didn't want to spend crazy money on it and and this was the the samsung was coming in at around 200 bucks right uh which was 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 good it had really good reviews
0: on amazon Mm -hmm. and so i was i kind of um, you actually put a lot more work into buying yours because I have the same model you do. Yeah. And how it went for me is Sid and I were at the Fred Meyer um, one night when we were getting ready to move in here and uh, they had a super sale going on for w- whatever reason. And they were basically giving TVs away. For like $3,000 I walked out with a huge Samsung 55 inch TV, a 46 inch TV, a Blu-ray DVD player, and um, the sound bar and everything was yeah. like, I'm not going to say no. Just So you've got a up. Samsung TV Samsung all around to match
1: Sony. with the Samsung, Samsung song yep. bar, which I think is one of my problems. So I've got an LG TV. Um, I didn't really have any brand affiliation. I didn't think it mattered that I, I mapped them together as I was reading through the... One of, one of my problems, though, is when you change the sound on your TV, it automatically... The volume goes up or down on the soundbar, Right. Uh, yes, because the, they're linked together. Apparently, that only works if you've got an LG or a the Samsung, Samsung TV. TV. Apparently, if you're using any other brand TV with the standardized connection, uh, you need to use then the um, the remote for remote the, for the yeah. So now I've got two remotes, sapper. which which I hate. But I was thinking, ah, oh, well, you know, I'm gonna universal remote anyway. I'll I'll figure that out. I'll granted, I I couldn't, I didn't spend much time on it, but mm-hmm. I I still couldn't get it to work. Right. Um, before I finally decide. Well, well, we'll get to that part later. So, the good things about it, I think it actually has pretty good sound. Yeah. Uh, I like the wireless subwoofer.
0: I think that's a nice. Which is awesome. I mean, it's great to be. I have the subwoofer hidden back behind my chair. Yeah. Sid didn't even know it was there. So, the other right. day, when I moved the chair to do some vacuuming, she's like, what is that?
1: And, and the sound is a, a, a huge improvement over. Oh, yeah. um, the default TV speakers. Yep. It's actually, i, I got to say, it's not a huge improvement, though, over my PC speakers that I had sitting there. Uh, it, it's definitely better. There's yeah. a lot better bass. It's a little bit more uh, clarity coming out of it. But not $200 better, to be honest with you. I mean, that was kind of my feeling.
0: I'll, I'll buy that. Speaker, I... those,
1: those old PC speakers sounded really good.
0: Yeah, I've, I've not had issues with the the quality on mine, um, I've had a few other minor issues that are not really so much related to the yeah. soundbar, but... So, so my...
1: Uh, and it looks good. It's yeah. got this cool, um, you know, exposed speaker look to it, mm-hmm. uh, and it's got the little um, touch-sensitive menu up on the top, so everything's just... It's kind of
0: cool and... So uh, on that, I, one of the critiques I'd have of the product is it does look really super cool. It's sleek, clean lines, everything you could imagine and want, but... My TV is sitting up over my fireplace. And like I said, it's a 55-inch TV. So my TV is sitting up probably seven or eight feet. And then the sound yeah. bar is on top of that. Yeah. Now, when uh, it comes to knowing what the readout on the sound bar says, that bezel is actually angled back away from where yeah. you. So it's like aiming up at the ceiling. And once you put that eight feet up, I've actually got to run upstairs to look down to figure out what my soundbar bar yeah, says. Yeah,
1: I can see that being a problem.
0: But that may just be an issue for me for where I chose to put it. That's right. also
1: probably why I didn't notice that you had the exact same model as me when I was purchasing mine. Yes. <laughs> it's that it's out of sight and mind. So the negatives. And you said that you've had some issues with uh, your subwoofer syncing with...
0: No, my subwoofer sync just fine. The issue I was having was um, when I plug the soundbar into my TV, yeah. uh, it cuts in and out for some reason. Like you'd be watching a show and all of a sudden go... <laughs> No sound. And the sound will come back. And then no sound. And then, uh, so I was like, this is really super problematic. I spent about a day and a half troubleshooting it with, uh, I ran out of fries, got a different optical cable because yeah. maybe I broke my cable. Mm-hmm. Um, I eventually brought it down to just the, th- okay, so for those of you playing at home, I, my Samsung TV, it has um, the same hole in the TV, takes the standard, what is that, three and a half millimeter headphone jack. yeah. And then you plug an adapter into that to convert it to optical. Okay. Right. And so I thought maybe the uh, maybe that little dongle's bad. Right. But I have no way of validating that other than let me plug a three and a half millimeter cable in and another one in and ta-da, I was get, like my then whenever I turned the sound on I went <laughs> and I was like oh so it looks like on mine it's probably not the sound bar that's the problem I'm guessing what was going on there. Is that my TV's output um, is loose or not soldered right. well, um, or you know, there's some kind of issue so you don't actually think
1: you have a defective? Speaker. Yeah, I think my
0: sound bar is fine. I think once you factor in the converting that horribly staticky um, you know, analog signal to optical, yeah, it just the optical goes nope, can't do it, yeah. and that's why I'm getting issues.
1: So, I've got different problems. Um, one, my when I first plugged it in, it, I got a lot of static, kind of the same sound that you were giving there, and it didn't look like it was syncing with the subwoofer. So, I kind of reset everything, plugged it back in, and it seemed to work uh, great after that. And that's where I was hey, this thing sounds great. I was I was a little bit freaked out. When, I was like, crap, I got a defective one. I'm going to have to send it right back. I, I, I really wanted to play with this new right. product today. And... Uh, but it turned out it seemed like it was working fine for the first few hours, and I, I watched a movie on, and it was all good. And the next day, I the wife got home and she calls me, and she's like, "the this, this thing doesn't work right." And I'm like, "What are you talking about?" And She's, I was like, "Oh, try and unplug it and plug it back in," and then that that pretty much fixed it. And then uh, yesterday, which was day three, uh, she's like, "This isn't working again," and she's calling me again at work. She gets home a little before me, and she's calling me, and and uh, so we'll unplug it and plug it back in, and. She says that's, that's not doing anything. And I thought, well, she must not be know what she's doing. My <laughs> like, you know. And, well, uh,
0: and, and in, in the defense of Amy, your wife, anymore it does get sort of complicated on where you do use what. I mean, in the olden days you had the TV and you turned the TV on and you had it. Now you have a yeah. TV, an Xbox, a Blu-ray DVD player. Well, I'm trying uh, to keep it simple. I'm trying yeah. to really keep the
1: configuration simple. So I uh because she's using it and the kids are using it, and and I'm really the only techie in the house and uh so i get home and i think oh let me let me mess with it a little bit i just can't get it to work now it literally just it it, it turns on and it gets hung at the little hello sign and right. it doesn't do anything else doesn't go anywhere f- past that i've i've unplugged it i've plugged it back in i've reset it done gone through the entire uh System setup, which there is no system setup, is plug it in, and it uh, it just doesn't work. So I'm going to be sending it back uh, to Amazon uh, using their excellent return policy, and probably purchasing different device. So the other thing is,
0: so is uh, so from what you've described, it sounds like you just got uh, a lemon. I, which, I think so. It happens from time to time. Like there's obviously a failure rate in every manufacturer. So I mean. For my money, I'd give a second go at the. Uh, well, there's the sound a, there's art, a couple really other don't. little
1: things that I'm I'm not thrilled with. I, I wish that uh, and I don't I, I wish that there was a little bit more configuration options on setting some of the sound options. So I didn't seem to find a way to tweak like the the, the bass levels versus the treble. Um, other than they've got some presets, so I could right. go through i you know the presets, but none of them were quite where I want. Like, do you find yourself adjusting the bass and the treble a lot? I as I not a lot just once usually right. Okay. So as I was listening, you know, as I was going through, I was like, I could use a, this. The, the bass is just a little lower than I like it, mm-hmm. right? And I and I went through the presets, and none of them were quite what I wanted, right? And so I wanted that ability to tweak it to what I wanted, and I, di- I didn't have that ability. I didn't seem to have that ability, and the. The, there, there's not a lot of options on the controls. You change the input, you sound change the right. presets, and you change the volume, and that's about it. And there was a couple other options
0: on the remote, but none of them seemed to quite do what I wanted. Hmm. I, I've right. not actually tried to do that, so I'm not sure. But yeah. so I was just being picky. One of the things that I've noticed, and this is... It, let's face it, sometimes I act like an old person. Um, my TV, like I said, I have a Samsung TV in the living room, a Samsung TV in the bedroom, and the Samsung soundbar um, out there in the living room, and then Samsung DVD players all over the place. So far, I'm a big fan of Samsung. Everything I have bought from them works well, uh, except for obviously my hatred for Blu-ray. Um, but I don't think that's their fault. One thing that they did that is kind of frustrating to me, and I, I just think this might be a particular thing on my part. I don't like buttons that aren't buttons. Uh you don't like the you don't like the touch button. I don't like the touch buttons, like the touch buttons on the. Uh, um, for instance, when I was rerunning, I was rewiring my bedroom to go everything through the conduit in the wall, yeah, and uh I kept bumping the button as I was moving around and trying to shift the t v out of the way, so it was going on and off as my fingers like brushing over the bezel, yeah, and there's no real indicator where the buttons are. The lights are not quite where I would think they ought to be, and sometimes, yeah, it's just. I don't like buttons that aren't buttons. I wish there was just a clicky thing
1: there. I, I, I like them sometimes. I know that I, I I like, on my laptop, I've got a, a, a um, series of touch buttons across mm-hmm. the top. And uh, it I did have some issues with launching calculator way too many times when I first started using <laughs> that laptop. Right. But I've kind of gotten over that. Uh, so I, so I kind of like them. The other issue that I had with that soundbar, though, is, uh, and I think this is probably um, a TossLink thing. because, okay. And I haven't used uh, anything else with tossling but is that the volume control doesn't map directly to it now you were saying since you've got a samsung tv that maps to a and a samsung soundbar that just works but yeah
0: i've not had any problems on mine i mean i there if i remember right there was a couple different settings there was a setting to either use the tv and the soundbar sound or there was the setting to just turn the tv sound off entirely yeah. and use the soundbar and it all like
1: i have got nothing i've got you i'm going to have to use a universal remote to do it uh which i don't think is a great it, i wish that the tv would just control it i don't i don't want to have to do a bunch of extra configuration
0: that's one of the reasons why i went with the soundbar actually is because um once you at least on the samsung ones i can't really speak for the others once you set the soundbar up to be the external speakers for the tv yeah it just works yeah no matter what feed comes in is and it's just awesome because before you know when i had my universal remote it would switch over the um, inputs for the sound It would switch over the inputs for the tv maybe um And then it would turn on whatever device you want it to be, hopefully. And uh, you'd you'd end up in kind of weird and inconsistent states. And that being said, my um, latest critique of uh, my TV is actually kind of a supremely nitpicky thing. Um, So my TV has apps built into it, right? Yeah. And I watch a lot of streaming video now. We have, there's the apps button on the remote. Yeah. And it brings up our little apps menu. And you go there and there's Netflix and Hulu.
1: Can you see what the weather is? There, you can totally see what the weather. It is. It seems like there's a
0: waste of time. I don't even have to look at my windows anymore. I can glue my my eyes directly to the TV.
1: Every one of these apps, though, that goes on the TV and Directv has the the same yeah. sort of apps, has the weather. And uh, seriously, like they're slow, and I can look out. the... I, I don't know. Like I haven't seen anything that like is a great, um, weather app. Yeah. Yeah. That well, that I just go, oh, this is this is exactly what I want. Because it, A, it, the default view shows you what the weather is now. Right. Which I don't care what the weather is now because I like can look out tomorrow. the goddamn window and I can see what the weather is now. Right. I really want to see the five to seven day forecast as my default view. Right. Mm-hmm. Which nobody ever gives you that. They give you. Yeah. Here's what the weather is now. Yeah. That would be totally awesome. Which is lame. Right. Yep. If so, I happen to be. If it showed me what the weather is now in some place that I was traveling to, that might be useful, but they never do. I mean, it it's really hard seems... to get your
0: TV to be context-aware on where you're going, what you're doing, Exactly. And what it to be. Yeah.
1: So it seems like a useful app that everybody throws in as the, hey,
0: let's give them a weather app. Yeah. The, the extra lame part about the apps on my TV is there's actually two sections for apps. There's the apps menu section for apps, and then there's the Yahoo section for apps. So, when I go to the app section for apps, that's where I have Netflix and Hulu. When I go to the Yahoo section for apps, yeah. that's where I have... Um, Weather? No, that's where I have news. Uh, Amazon oh. Video. Wait, what? That's where the Amazon Video lives, is in the Yahoo. So, on my remote... But that I, doesn't
1: even make sense. No,
0: it doesn't. And that's what I'm saying is, like... And the interactions for the two different sections of apps are completely different, right? Yeah. Like, the Yahoo apps, it brings up a little bar along the bottom of the screen, and there's, like, you know amazon video there's stocks which why do i need stocks on my tv um and whatever else yahoo's trying to sell you right but then when you click on the amazon one it pops up an overlay on the kind of top left hand part of the screen you can still see the tv in the background is just like a um alpha kind of channel thing they're going on and then if you're looking at the netflix up bam it takes up the whole screen and it's like i don't understand why these are different and right so you've got video apps
1: In two two separate places, like two separate uh, user navigation processes Uh to get to video apps. Yeah. With different contexts and different uses. Like they, yes. And and the net, and it doesn't even make sense. Like, why would Amazon be under Yahoo? That doesn't even, there's no correlation there.
0: Yeah. And so I found myself, and I use a a, a universal remote in there in my TV. So uh, my universal remote is set up to where when I'm watching TV, you know, the volume and channel buttons. The volume button works the volume on the TV, and, and, and your universal
1: remote being the Harmony.
0: Yeah, I have my. I love my Harmony remote; it's awesome. Um, I had one of those for like two weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Children or dog? It, it, me. It was oh. this.
1: It was like one of the worst, saddest days I've had. Oh. I mean, because I just had this. I just got. I bought the remote, and right? I was, I'd set it up. I was like, oh my god, this it was the harmony one okay and i was just like oh my god this is so awesome and it's got the little video screen uh, the, yep. the little lcd context screen uh that would would change depending on which yep, which, which thing uh, you, you were using you're and it, it and it it worked everything worked completely uh perfectly it was mm-hmm. it was beautiful i loved it and uh i was working from home one day uh watching tv and uh I don't know. Somebody rang the doorbell or something, and I jumped up, and uh, I, I don't know. I had to run to the door for something, and uh, as I was, so I I walk back to the couch, I sit down, and I hear this crunch under my foot, and I look down, and I don't see anything. There's a blanket. I stepped on the blanket. What had happened when I jumped up? You wrapped the blanket. The, bra- with the remote. blanket wrapped around the remote. It flipped down, fell onto the ground. So I didn't see. And, and as I I thought it was, the remote was still on the couch, and I stepped square on the LCD screen and cracked it. And since that's the context sense, I couldn't yeah. do anything with it. You know, right. it still worked. Uh, and, and even the LCD screen, initially the LCD screen was just cracked and still worked. But eventually it lost its magic after. Right. If, and by eventually, I mean within a couple of hours. <laughs> uh, and so I was just like, oh, I've got this wonderful remote and I can't do anything with it now. And there's really no way to repair slash replace it without shelling out uh, yeah, the same so amount of money, and so I was just, I was just so disappointed. I, I, I
0: ended up never replacing, and this was like three years ago. So the the issue I ran into with my remote is kind of a odd issue. Like I said, when I'm watching TV, I have it set up to where the um arrow, the number, or the directional pad operates the Direct TV menu system, right? Right. Which is awesome and great because that's same like the, the, the directional stuff. pad on the Direct TV remote. Yeah, exactly. So I've got my, you know, my remote's basically a hybrid. Sometimes it operates, or, you know, in some cases it operates TV stuff. In other cases it operates DirecTV. But when you're doing the apps that are built into the TV, you need a direction pad to operate them, right? Okay. Unfortunately, the direction pad on the remote is already dedicated uh, to the DirecTV. Right. So then I have to use the uh, um, soft buttons, you know, in that little LCD screen you're talking about. Yeah. You're actually left, right, up, down, which is supremely lame. Which is why I'm thinking about just not using the apps on my TV anymore and going and spending 100 bucks and getting a Roku for the living room. Right. Alternately, what I could do is I could also look at using the Raspberry Pi. Have you heard of these things? Uh,
1: well, only when th- you sent me a link earlier today, and that was the first time I'd, I'd uh, seen anything about it. And I, w- when I saw you, you, the specs for it and the cost of it and what it's designed to do, my, my head, I just... I, I, I was kind of blown away because it's so well. I'll let you kind of go into about what it is and what it does, but I, I think it's I think it's uh, awesome. It really seems to be a great. Um, so I, I was just talking. By the way, I was kind of going on talking a lot because you're trying <laughs> to do some some extra stuff, and I was trying to fill in without having a bunch of blank time there.
0: Yeah, I, I, we've got a little bit of a recording issue here in that my uh, normal headphones with their nice long cable um, are busted, so I'm using a tiny set of cables. Headphone cables here and trying to also turn around and see the computer, and it's not working well. Um, but at any rate, what the Raspberry Pi is, it's a single board computer. On it, you have like everything you could possibly need. It's got RAM integrated, it's got a, a nice little video card on it, it can do uh, 1080p, it's got Ethernet, it has an HDMI out on it, it's got USB, um, it's got a little, as far as the only thing that's really missing is persistent storage, but it's got a, car, a slot for an SD card.
1: So, so let me ask you something right now, would you pay $150 for that?
0: Would I pay? Uh, I already paid basically a hundred dollars for that. That's what, like, my Roku is basically one of these things tied in with a really handy online service, right. and the Roku's cost about a hundred bucks.
1: So, so you would pay a hundred bucks? Yeah, for something obviously like that. I
0: would. Yeah. Um, would
1: you pay fifty? Uh, but, but wait, it's, I'm trying to think <laughs> how to do the, the the infomercial for this thing. Making a picture. it. It's crazy that it would be that that would cheap,
0: but you know, I I could see paying seventy five dollars for it. Yeah. that seems like a great deal. It does, and like over the years, I've tried to build my own little like home computer for um video and stuff and like i was doing this back in the 90s or i jammed a, a card in my computer and i'm watching I'm like wait a minute now that i have the tv going into my computer i can output it to the tv screen and i can watch tv on my tv right and
1: wait if i made this really small which it's not i could cram it into my car
0: yeah and, and so i was talking about that i mean there was even a point where i was like wait a minute i'm gonna go by myself uh uh HD Home Runner or something like that. I don't remember what its name was, but it was basically a... Um, <laughs> HD Home Star Runner? Yeah, exactly, something like that. No, it was a little device that you could plug TV in and it would stream it to your computer and it would stream it to your home network and it was awesome and it was great. And then at some point I'm like, okay, I'm spending entirely too much money. I'm just going to wait for technology to catch up.
1: So well, what is the actual price on this uh, oh, bad yeah. boy? Uh,
0: the Raspberry Pi is actually $35. bucks. That is crazy.
1: That just blows my mind that for $35, bucks, it has got everything. HDMI out, it's got... Uh, Ethernet. I mean, yep, like, I, I used to pay thirty-five bucks for. It. You could go right now and buy a, a, a any Ethernet type based uh, something for your PC. Hey, I need my the, my Ethernet port. The default one that's built in is blown. I need to buy an Ethernet port uh, that goes in as a card slot, whatever. Mm-hmm. Forty dollars. Yeah. For, for right, so it's it's cheaper than something that just does like one component of this should cost more than the entire thing wrapped in all together does.
0: Yeah, and, and that's the great thing about it. I mean, is it's basically a little tiny computer that sits in the palm of your hand. It can run uh, Debian, a Linux distribution. It can run Xbox Media Center, or XBMC, sorry, um, which is like a uh, streaming, like anybody that's ever used um, either uh, an Apple TV or anything of that nature. It's the same kind of thing. All built in a quick, nice little, easy way to navigate, and it works great for a quick prototyping of almost anything you want to do. And there's even a uh, port on it, so you can add a camera to it. Right. So if you wanted to build your own custom security system or some something weird like that, you know, you want. So to really, all you driveway. need to do is, and it's got,
1: like you said, it's got an SD slot. So you need to, you need to purchase maybe some uh, removable memory, or you could, you could connect up uh, uh, an actual hard drive to it, some sort of media slot, yep. and then. You know, some sort of LCD or whatever else you you want to actually know, inter- You basically just need to add the user interfaces so that you want to interact with mm-hmm. this device. So either, you know, whatever your input is, whether it's a touchscreen LCD or yep. um, keyboard and mouse or um, trackball or yep. a joystick, whatever, and then um, and then program it. Which
0: yeah, and it comes ready to go with um, typical programming languages. If you're an open source user, it looks like it has it just built in ready for Python, so that's awesome. Uh, hey, don't laugh, dude. I've no, no, no. I was. It was.
1: It was the other thing that we were th- the video we were talking about oh. earlier that made me. Chuckle. Yeah,
0: we we saw a video online where uh, there was a very excited user who was uh, talking the pros and cons of uh, languages, and she decided that uh, all of her friends were trying to tell her to use Ruby, and she was like, "No, nope, not using it. Way too popular." Python would be cool, but no, I'm going a different route. So, uh, yeah, it was kind of an amusing little it just, video. It
1: was just since you said it, it, it just made me. Ch- I couldn't. I couldn't help myself. So you know, I wasn't-
0: on, on that note, um, for those of you that don't know, I recently, in you know, the last two years, switched over from being a systems engineer over at Microsoft to being a systems engineer over at Amazon. And one of the differences between these two places is Microsoft, as you might imagine, uses Microsoft technologies. That's Amazing. Shocking, yeah, I know. it's a big surprise. Uh, Amazon, however, is a completely open-source world, so I've had to uh, completely relearn uh, all of the uh, day-to-day stuff that I use to get my job done. And uh, in the Microsoft space, and we should probably talk about this at a later podcast, uh, I was big into PowerShell. I was using it way before it came out. Yeah, I'm name-dropping. Cool. I'm still using <laughs> it. It's awesome. And uh, I love PowerShell. It's one of the greatest uh, scripting languages for um, systems engineers ever created. And then I moved over to, uh, um, you know, Linux and open source stuff, and there's no direct analog that gives you that kind of interaction and that kind of power and that kind of fun and excitement.
1: And I don't think Linux, you, you know, when you, when you see forums and stuff on the internets, uh, I think that you occasionally see Linux users bash power. It's, it's weird. It's weird that there's fanboys for programming languages or script languages, and uh, I've seen people talk about, or I've even had conversations with people who uh, don't understand the power of PowerShell right. and just say, well, no, no, they've had that in Linux for years. And you kind of go, no, I don't think you understand.
0: Right. The uh, the So having used heavily both technologies now, um, one of the kind of tenants on the Linux side is they build a very small, very portable, specific-use tool that handles text input and does something with text output, right? Right. Um, which gives you a lot of uh, power, gives you a lot of abilities to do stuff, but it also requires, you know, a ton of arcane commands. Like, you mean uh, like
1: the regex? No, no, not even regex. <laughs> or regex even more arcane. Very, look, I,
0: like, <laughs> let's, let's say that you have a um, um, couple problems you run into a lot when you're doing... Uh, text processing. Okay. You want to split up columns, right? Okay.
1: And, and I have zero, for, for contextual uh, for everyone here, I have zero um, user knowledge on Linux based systems other than that they exist in, in a little exposure, but for
0: the most part, none. Right. So um, if you want to do um, you get a CSV, right? And you see you want the third column out of that CSV. Right. There's a couple of ways you can do it. You can use awk. Okay. A- right. A-U-K? A-W-K. Okay. It's its own little program. It has a bunch of really cool syntax and lets you do really, really neat stuff on it. You can pull out data, you can add it, subtract it, you can modify it, you can do whatever you want with it. It's cool. Or you can use cut and you could say, I want to cut my response on with this delimiter and I want these fields back, right? Okay. And cut is a specific one-use tool. Uh, That's really slick and cool, and, you know, you get all of your pretty text out. But it's also fragile, right? Let's say that your underlying data structure changes. Right. You're kind of pooched, right? You don't have to go rewrite your script because it's now column four instead of column three. Right. So you can't just out CSV? And that's, that's the difference in PowerShell, right? And uh, Versus PowerShell, out
1: XML versus right. whatever.
0: Not yeah. even just the out stuff. In PowerShell, since you're dealing with objects and there's uh, attributes on the objects, you can say, in your script, give me the this field from this object yep. every time. And you don't have to care about ordering. You don't have to care about anything. And then when it comes to output, you're just like, and spit it out in... This format,
1: yeah, I've actually uh, even so I threw out CSV, but in in some of my scripts it doesn't function in quite the way. I don't and I don't remember why, but I ran and into some issues with it not functioning the way I wanted. And I was able to write three lines to basically output it as a CSV in exactly the format that I wanted
0: to. Here's the thing: somebody should be bopping you in the head for outputting CSV from a PowerShell command any, or from a PowerShell script. Anyway, you <laughs> ought to have, you ought to by default be outputting an object, and then have the um, default write output for that object be whatever you wanted. Well, be that the was what I. That so was, that you can actually hand it through the pipeline to something else that can deal with the object.
1: That was what I. Well, it, this was the end user wanted it in here's the format so i was writing it in what they wanted yes but your
0: powershell script should always emit objects that just have a default output to yeah, csv I, rendering you are correct sir. <laughs> sorry i'm getting a little soap boxy i didn't intend to <laughs> no no um, that is you you you, you are
1: 100 correct
0: because if you're gonna go ahead and deal with a whole bunch of objects and then just puke it out to text you may as well use linux good point. Go for any of the text-based tools that Linux offers you because they're (laughs) way better than the (laughs) text-based tools that uh, Windows offers by default. I think something that's also kind of interesting, um, there's a disconnect in the Windows and uh, Linux worlds a little bit in some things. Like, the Linux users argue that their shells are awesome and great, which they are. A lot of them have really good uh, technologies and tools built in to use them. But there's the actual capabilities of the shell, right? And then there's... um, additional tools that are just kind of by default part of the install, right? I've been using Z shell a lot lately. It's awesome, we'll talk about that again at a later date. But uh, one of the things that is kind of frustrating about Linux shells is each of them have their own nuances, right? Like Z shell, for instance, it supports arrays. Yay, arrays are awesome, they're amazing, they're fun, they let you do a lot of things. However, let me ask you a question. Every language you've ever used, Which is limited compared to you. I mean, just what is the first items index in an array? Zero. Oh, right, right. Everywhere (laughs) that's what it is. Yeah. Except in Z shell where it's one. Ah. Why? I have no idea. But everything is zero, across the board. Yeah. Like if you ask somebody what's the index of the first element in an array, almost invariably you're going to get back
1: zero. So does it throw an exception if you try and ask what index? Number zero is or are they using that as a placeholder for some sort of system type thing? I don't you, you know reme- what I'm saying. I don't
0: remember what it actually does. It either doesn't give you en- no it doesn't give you any data, is I think what I remember. But yeah, it just like hurt my brain when I found that I'm like, why is it starting here? And and like I said, that's a nuance of the Z shell. Right. So
1: right. And it's it's not something that once you understand it, it's not hard to overcome, right? Yeah, it's, yeah, just it's just you just, have to know it. But mm-hmm. but I could totally see somebody going, oh, yeah, I know how to make an array and doing stuff. I know how to call information out of the array, and that's weird. I'm not getting the information that I expected to, and then having to find out. It's just going to cause problems, yeah. right? Um, yeah, and it seems like an odd odd thing. You yeah. wonder if the guy who wrote it was like just had some hang-up and thought arrays should start with one because zero doesn't really exist, and that was his, his soapbox, and so he hey. just said, when I'm creating this, I'm doing it the way I think it should have been.
0: It's entirely possible. I mean, you see that in, uh, especially lately, well, not lately, but um, you see it increasingly more when people create languages. They have kind of a fundamental uh, driving force behind them or a belief in how that language ought to operate. Like, if you look at Ruby, and I'm going to go ahead and be a Linux nerd here for a little bit and leave you completely without context, Um, uh, Mats is the guy that does Ruby or kind of right came up with Ruby works heavily on keeping it going. There's tons and tons of people engaged in that obviously, but he's the guy that's responsible for the direction. And there are times it is just like, I know everybody wants the, this kind of feature and this kind of functionality, but that breaks how I want this language to work. As a result, we're going to do it this way. right? And same thing in Python. Um, I'm blanking on the Python guy's name right now, but the same type of stuff. Right. And I think, both Ruby and Python are fun. I've learned both of them; they're awesome. Um, but when it comes down to it, I think something that PowerShell, uh, which would be—I'm um, having a horrible time with names today—Jeffrey Snover, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what one of the things that he did that was awesome was instead of worrying specifically about dialogue or the interaction, the outputs, everything, he said, "Look, I'm going to go ahead and create a kind of noun verb." verb noun excuse me right right, um, right. approach to all of the interactions in my language so that there's a list of verbs that are acceptable and you then have all the power you want over the nouns so that when i'm stepping in from a library that i wrote or a library that you wrote or a default library that's available there's an agreement for how we're going to be interacting such that you don't have to learn nuances you don't have to do anything it's just kind of
1: it's a standard and it makes it a lot easier to discover yeah. Things right, you can find if you wanted. Well, if I wanted to see uh, what the um, you know out types were, I could just type out and then and and search to see what are the different options in yep. the command, right? So I can I can discover based on if I know some of the verb language, or if I if I want to um, find out the the you know other th- if I know what the noun is or the verb is, the things that I want to do. Yep, I can search on those and I can start. You can discover yourself things that you didn't know without even having to google search for it um because you go hey i i know what i sort of want to do and and it makes the language self-discoverable
0: so i think next week something we should talk about is we should do kind of a uh, feature by feature matchup for um ruby pearl not pearl (laughs) um um, ruby python and powershell all right And, and try and be actually admittedly I have my preferences, I've been using Python a lot lately, it's awesome, I obviously love PowerShell, um, and I used Ruby earlier last year and it was great. Um, but a lot of times when people do those kind of stack ups with things, they tend to naturally fall towards the one they like more. Yeah. We should definitely try and do it with a uh, clean conscience where we're not actually uh, trying to sell one, we're just saying, hey, this is what this one's good for, this is what that one's good for. Well, and right. I can
1: comment on Python and Ruby because I've never used them, so I can just <laughs> say, well, uh, you that, have some that homework that seems, before next week. That
0: seems silly. So, <laughs> yeah. You've got homework. Ramp up on that. Now, um, okay, that was a little bit more nerdy than we typically have on this <laughs> podcast. That was but, uh, a little <laughs> less consumer uh, <laughs> yeah. talk. than. So but, let, let's walk into a section that is near and dear to my heart, and it kind of speaks to a change in the uh, in the world that I work in. Uh, like I said, I'm a systems engineer at Amazon. Matt, what is your title these days? I'm a systems engineer at Microsoft. Really? I thought you were some kind of weird PM type
1: thing. Uh or did you give up on that and it's, it's, went back? No, no, no. It's 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 engineer, but uh yeah, it's it's a long story. I'd rather not okay, talk about cool, it in cool. a public space. It's it's a so, little odd, but
0: um I have been doing this since uh well, in like big real grown-up corporations since about two thousand one. Um and when I started, there was kind of a belief or a concept of what your typical software person looked like. You want to go ahead and describe what you think that is, Matt?
1: Uh, in two thousand two. Well,
0: yeah, two thousand. Well, like w- when we started, because you started about the same time I. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was uh,
1: I was a couple months later than you.
0: What was the belief of what all of the cool software people looked like?
1: The cool ones. Yeah. Well, the like the wicked smart ones. Yeah. Were like big fat dudes with huge beards.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. There was also the uh, other counterpoint to that. There was the super skinny dudes you know, yeah. with their button up shirts tucked in, and they kind of looked like they ought to be big hippie people working at uh like the public radio station or whatever yeah, yeah. so and and that uh, that sort of migrated into the guys that wear um socks with sandals and long haired ponytails and uh, shorts all year round, yeah. What's the most recent incarnation of software developers that you've noticed?
1: I w- I would say the fashion of software or tech industry tends to be, I guess, what you'd you'd call hipster. Now right? that for... seems to be the the elitist guys now are all kind of the the hipster crowd.
0: So I I don't know exactly how far hipsterdom has gotten. I assume it's everywhere, but are there places like maybe Arkansas where they don't know what a hipster looks th- like?
1: Uh, no, I think I think it's, it's I think it's out there. I think people I think it's common. You you see it enough anybody that's listening to this has probably heard that
0: anybody that's sort of a podcast knows what a hipster is pretty much that's what i'm saying complete coverage on that venn diagram
1: which which, it seems like uh the term hipster is a little bit broad and i i've i've heard people having discussions about well what's a hipster what what actually what makes you a hipster
0: for me the first person that i actually
1: recognized is a hipster is one of our good friends I don't think he really is, though. He, he's, he's close. He, he he tends to to. Uh, I would say he's he's fairly average, but he tends to uh, lean towards hipster. So, here,
0: here, let me explain this to you, listeners, and I want you all to tell me if this counts as hipsterdom. A, he likes vinyl records. Okay. Yeah, that. B, he drinks cheap beer. Uh, he drinks all kinds of beer. I'll he drinks all beer, kinds of yeah. beer, but he revels in the cheap stuff that comes in aluminum cans. Uh we all do. I've drank him Pabst. Yeah, okay. So PBR counts, but shh, don't tell anybody. Um He goes to bands that you've never heard of and uh, thinks they're the greatest thing ever. There's that. Um he wears skinny jeans. Uh yeah, he's kind of given up on that a little bit. Oh but well, yeah. I, I haven't seen him since he moved <laughs> to uh, Colorado. Yeah, yeah. And let's be serious. He's now sporting a beard. Movie Oh <laughs> is it a goatee? No, no, no it's full-on grizzly. Full on Grizzly Adams, Adam's yeah, beard. Yeah. So and you're trying to argue that he is not a hipster.
1: Yeah, uh, okay. He's 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 closer to, than any of us are. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um. So, the, like I was saying, Joel, our buddy, yeah. uh, <laughs> for, for if he doesn't know we're talking about him yet, it's kind of shocking. Uh, he was the first person that I ever kind of thought, hey, that guy seems like a hipster, and like if you start talking to him about clothes, it gets even worse.
1: Yeah, but the, the difference between uh, uh, Joel and hipsters, and this is this is where I differentiate. Usually, when I say hipster, I say hipster douchebag, and I really like Joel. He's one of he's, he's awesome. <laughs> so that's where I'm well, like, I have trouble like linking the two together because I,
0: I can understand that. But interestingly, the uh, software industry has been just having a massive influx of uh, hipster esque people. Yeah. Now, actually, what is your issue with hipsters? What, why do I don't you actually they're all
1: well. So I, I think it's mostly the ones that interrupt interact on it. just seems like the the guys that are like uh the, the the really prevalent hipsters now tend to be like they think they're smarter than everyone else. I knew about that band before you know I was listening to Skillrex before anybody was <laughs> or um you know whatever they, they, there tends to be a factor where they think they're cooler than um so there's, everyone. there's an elitism there there's there. an elitism yeah that that it, it, probably is isn't real
0: <laughs> see I, I wonder if maybe that elitism started out as an ironic uh, statement right oh I'm so cool because uh, I don't think so
1: I think it's I'm so cool because I think I'm so cool
0: which I don't know it just it just it's just a little bit annoying
1: yeah but, uh, but uh, to be honest with you I, I really don't have much day-to-day interaction <laughs> with actual
0: hipsters so I, I work so. in downtown Seattle so you probably have more I have a day-to-day interaction with uh, people that at least appear to be hipsters and as much as hipsters have gotten a bad rap, I don't know if it's a, uh, it's a common thing or if I'm dealing with a subset of hipsters that are actually good people. Because in the software field, which, you know, is where we work, most of the people you work with are just good dudes.
1: Yeah, and honestly, I think in the software industry, I think you've got a lot of people who uh, adopt hipster-type fashion and are a little bit more progressive on, you know, the, the, a lot of technology things, so they tend to be sort of hipsterish, as opposed to the hipsters that are just like some dude working at the coffee bar. Uh, <laughs>
0: like, dude, you barista.
1: <laughs> yeah, which, I don't know, there's something... Uh, those are the guys that I think are hipster douchebags, or the guys that are working at some club somewhere, you know, or some bar, and uh, think they're, I don't know, y- 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 it could...
0: Like like any one of the number of people that Joel has <laughs> wanted to throw down with at any bar. Would have been Basically, yes, <laughs> yes, yes, yes.
1: There, uh, I can't tell. He he wouldn't want us to tell that story. He's yeah. he's embarrassed about it. But
0: uh, yeah. So what what I'm interested in mostly is how is it that fashion and I know this isn't a fashion conversation or a fashion blog or whatever, but how is it that fashion seems to indi- it seems to have come into the technology space in such a way that it's predominantly hipster because that is what i see all the pl- all over the place
1: well i i think I, I i haven't really thought about this till just now but i th- i think part of it is the technology space is in some ways uh the best place to make a good living right now right so and
0: also probably the only place where you can make a good living and express yourself as well right i mean i
1: think the economy for uh tech is doing fairly well compared to uh other industries and uh, so it tends to draw in a, a, a fairly wide um, group of people. So it used to be in the late '80s, early '90s, you really only had people that were passionate and super geeky, and so that was where you tended to get the fat guys with beards, right? Um, right. With big programmer, like remember we used to call programmer beards, which yeah. has kind of made a bit of a comeback in the hipster crowd. I mean, I know guys, I know guys with massive beards who are, granted, the one guy that I'm thinking about now who has the epic beard. Uh, that I work with, and he's a cool guy, but he's he's a tall, thin guy with the biggest like I think
0: it's like a three inch long beard. It's huge. I like how you say three inch long, but you're like miming about seven inches,
1: yeah, it, it's weird how it translates in your head of of how now, big it actually is. does the
0: person you're talking about do they like the black keys? He actually looks like he's in the black
1: keys. <laughs>
0: <laughs> like like
1: I've seen pictures of the guys from the Black Keys, and Brian would actually be. Uh, a member of the Black Keys. He happens to actually, in reality, play uh, the viola in, in one of the local uh, orchestras. Nice. Yeah, as a side note.
0: Yeah, I do think it's... Uh, that is something else that always seems to be tied to hipsterdom, too, also. Is M- music? music? Yeah, yeah. there's,
1: there's, a, there's, a, there's <laughs> almost always a music... See, uh,
0: and that's where I tend to get uh, into trouble. And let me... Talk about this a couple things. So I'm a little bit uh, bifurcated right now when it comes to clothing. I've started uh, <laughs> dressing up when I go to work, like yeah. wearing actual shirts with collars and tuck them in and that whatnot. Button. Yes, button the up button shirts. Button yeah. up shirts. Oh, uh, of course, Matt. Whenever he sees me, sees me wearing my um, Volcom shirt with my Drinking Made Easy hoodie.
1: Actually, your Volcom like, shirt is your your cool hipster ish shirt. Your uh, what I what I see you less hipster-ish is when you're wearing your. Uh, Bleach sweatshirt,
0: uh, yeah, my bleach sweatshirt had a catastrophic failure. It oh, had to really? Be retired? Yeah, oh, that's too bad. It got lost, actually. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's... I don't know where it ended up because it just one day disappeared. I'm guessing the uh, Soul Reapers stole it. <laughs> Those bastards. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> or your
1: Watchmen sweatshirt? That one's pretty geeky. Yeah, I do.
0: My that's Watchmen pretty... one is uh, it suffered a uh, shrinking. It's oh. not that I got fat, I'm it's that my sure. sweatshirt <laughs> shrank.
1: I'm sure that your your sweatshirt <laughs> that you had for three years just magically started shrinking.
0: Yeah, that's. I'm sticking with that story, damn it. Um, <laughs> but so what I'm saying is, when it comes, to, I, I have some friends that are in a band, and they also run a music school, and they tease me all of the time about being a hipster, because, <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. I, I'm sorry, uh... I, I'm guessing they. That's weird because I, I would expect that they would have more uh, uh, interaction with actual hipsters.
0: Well, they accuse me of uh, looking I, like a hipster. Yeah, I, 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 I,
1: I don't think that they really think you're a hipster or even look like a hipster. I think they're just trying to grief you a little bit because.
0: Yeah. Well, and the thing is, is I think they're giving me a lot of grief there because I tend to like the same music that hipsters do. Ah. Uh, right? And like, because. Like the black keys? You're big. <laughs> the black keys. Awesome. Or uh, uh, the frame is one of my favorite bands. Yeah, okay. not technically a hipster band because it's really sort of a proto grunge band. But still, yeah.
1: You know what I? I found the. Uh, do you remember uh, that movie? What was the, what was the name of it? Um, it came out like Airplane. No, it's this is like 2? ten years ago. It was about the guys. Uh, they kidnapped. Um, Police academy. No, the, <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> I'm gonna
0: punch you. Uh, <laughs> was it Suicide Kings? Where they uh was that the name of it? Uh were is that the the ones where they kidnap uh the mob boss and chop off his finger? Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. That yeah, one, yeah. That right? was an awesome movie. Yeah, it was a great movie. I love it. Um I can't even think of the name of the 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 mob boss's name, that actor um who is all over the place. Um Christopher Walken. Yes. I don't know. I was drawing a blank on that. So yeah, I had they, to get there through Zoolander myself. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> these guys they so if you haven't seen um Suicide Kings, it's an awesome movie. These these Guys, they're in debt with some
0: gambling debt and they kidnap... Um, they set up a fake kidnapping between yeah. one of the guy's girlfriends. Yes. And it goes it goes south, wrong.
1: But then they end up kidnapping Christopher Walken to try and cover something. Um, plot lines happen. Crazy stuff happens. <laughs> Christopher <is> tr- <laughs> Walken's taped to a chair and they cut off his finger. Um, bad stuff happens all around. It's it's, it's an awful... It's, it's a bunch of guys making really bad decisions. Anyway, the very end of the movie, uh, there's there's a... Uh, scene. It's kind of uh, it's the finishing scene. I don't want to ruin it for anybody that hasn't seen this awesome uh, movie. Dude, the
0: movie's like ten years old. It's I know. Okay, go ahead and okay. drop okay. some so spoilers.
1: There's uh, the, some of the people who make it out and they they escape and they they got all their money and they're down in the Caribbean somewhere and it's playing this uh, this cool song at the very end of it and uh, I always always like I oh, I really dig this song so I uh, I found out what the song was I added it to my playlist yada 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 and then I was like wait a minute this is the frames. <laughs> This is the same band that Zach is all into. All of a sudden,
0: really? Yeah, I didn't. Wh- which song? It, it's the end song. I'll play it for you. You're gonna pull out your phone and hold it up to the mic so everybody can hear. Uh, well, I let's don't go know. ahead and get some more. I don't know how well that will work, but you
1: can plug it in uh, somewhere at some point.
0: Yeah, I can always overlay this uh, piece with it too. Yeah, do some post processing. Yeah, yeah, post process it,
1: and uh, and here, listen. Wait, hang on, I gotta find it first. <laughs> Uh, Music. Doo, doo, doo. You know, if you had an Artists. iPhone, you could get there much faster, dude. Yeah, I actually maybe disagree with that. Really? Yeah.
0: Do you, do you want me to play anything by the Beatles in under 10 seconds? The song is Falling Slowly. Oh, Falling Slowly. That's an awesome song. I right. didn't realize it was... Yeah, you want me? Yeah, to... this song? Yeah, yeah. This is the end of Suicide Kings. Did you know that that song also um, factored prominently in Once? I don't know what Once is. It's a movie with uh, um, Glenn Hansard, the guy from The Frames. And his because uh, I was
1: like they initially when you said Glenn Hansard, I'm like, who?
0: <sighs> douchebag. Uh, yeah, um actually if you just told me it was falling what, slowly, I could have grabbed the guitar and well and I couldn't I, I couldn't remember the,
1: I couldn't remember the uh, the name of it. All I could remember was it was it was the frames.
0: Yeah. No, it's an awesome song. But And they've apparently
1: been around longer than I
0: The frames have been around forever. Yeah. They were big in the nineties in Ireland. Apparently you're a <laughs> hipster douchebag, by the way. Dick. See, and this is this is my problem, right? It's like the, the music of the hipsters is good. At least I find it attractive. However, the uh, hipsters themselves, I find a little bit pretentious. Okay. Happily, though, most of the hipster-esque folks that I deal with in software are actually nice guys, and they don't uh, subscribe to the entire hipster mentality. Yeah. Okay. Now from uh, the um, wonderful world of fashion and computer nerds, let's move into something that's... Uh, um, that we can talk intelligently about fairly easily. Okay. <laughs> um, over the last, what, 10 years, I'd say, starting with whenever Spider-Man came out. That, um, that
1: was the first, uh, I think, big one that made the made the transition.
0: Yeah, there's been uh, comic book movies that have been... Well, we've actually been making comic book movies that are what you'd call good.
1: Right, and, right? and have been consumed by the mainstream. So let, let me give a little background here. Uh, both Zach and I are... Even as far as nerds go, probably at some point we're heavier into comic books than most um, other nerds, right? Like, like
0: we had our own box at the comic stores, is what he's trying to say. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I mean, we had the, uh, and I, it's been a long time. And I stopped collecting comics when I went to college, and I didn't have enough money to actually pay for comics anymore. Ding, 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 ding.
0: Me too. Um,
1: but if it wasn't for that, I'd probably still be collecting them, I and I've got a huge collection at home. Um, and, I, and again, it's because it was 15 years ago. I don't remember which day it was that you'd go into the comic shop and pick up your comics. But like the comic shop that I went to would give me, here's the catalog of comics that are coming out next week. Just check off the ones that you want and give it back to us, and, and that'll be your order. So I would actually place an order mm-hmm. at the comic shop of, of what comics that I wanted. And this was kind of in the... the you know, uh, height of a lot of, like, independent comics yep. coming out. It was before... And the industry's kind of crashed a little bit. It was before bit, Image, basically. Uh, it or was right, about right image in the Image time. It was in, when Image and Valiant uh, were were Dark big. Dark Horse was getting big. Dark Horse was, big. was getting big. Dark Horse had kind of been around, for a, while, been around for a while, but, but they were really, really They going started off. to hit their stride there. I think um, that's... A,
0: yeah.
1: X-Men was becoming... Slightly even mainstream, like yep. which was kind of w- weird, yeah. But I mean, it, and this was 91 through 94 ish, basically. Yeah. 95. Basically, when the
0: art shifted heavily from the standard, here are the boxes, and we're going to keep the characters in the boxes to the more uh Todd McFarlane esque, we're going to go, yeah, just ape shit. And it, the whole page is uh, yeah, you know,
1: I like mean, then the guys like Todd McFarlane and Jay Lee and and <laughs> And and people were going on. I mean, McFarlane, I think, is the biggest guy that came out of that. Uh, he's the name that everybody that knows. Yeah. Um, and he's the one that I, I totally remember right now. Granted, there, there's others. That's well, because uh, he was
0: doing Spider-Man at the time. He, well, no, well he,
1: Spider-Man spun off onto Spawn, though. I mean, he yeah. did that. I think he was the one who did when Sp- he started doing the Spider-Man art. Spider-Man kind of took off because people were like, oh, this is... Like it was cool and
0: stylized, but like, and for Spider-Man especially, you need sort of a dynamic aspect to the art. Yeah, and and he really brought that that
1: cool stuff with lots of webs kind of flying. All Spider-Man's going through the air, like crazy acrobatic looking, Mm -hmm. with like extra webbing kind of flying all over the place. Um, Yeah, and and I've actually got a couple of the early McFarlane Spider-Mans. Uh, but they were early in my col- when I was I was collecting like uh, mid high school years, and right. so I was really more into reading them. So they're a little bit trashed, and they're not as. Uh not as uh, valuable as they should be because, Heated. well, I didn't know what I was doing at the time. I mean, for crying out loud, I was like 14 or 15, right? And I was just like, I know oh. what I was doing at 14 and 15. Yeah. <laughs> Granted, my 14 and
0: 15 came a few years after years.
1: So, yeah, I mean, so my, my initial collecting was collecting to read, and I always collected comics to read them. I always, every comic that I've got, I've I, I read. I never did the, um, I never bought an extra book. Well, okay, Death of Superman. I may have bought an extra book, but did you wear what your a-
0: armband from that when Team no. whacked him?
1: No. So I bought. So I bought. I think when Death of Superman came out, I bought the book in the bag that is still unopened, and then I bought a a, a uh, reading one, I one to read. But I think that's probably the only one that I did that. And and granted, that is probably from that era the book that is worth the least amount of money because they sold a gajillion of them because every retard um and grandma and everyone else out there was like oh my god this book's going to be collectible i got to buy this anything that is collectible when they sell it is not collectible
0: and really for me the death of superman was um about the time i realized that there was a problem in the comic book world.
1: Well, and everybody even in the comic book world knew it at the time because that was also the period of chromium covers yeah. and um, the foil covers. Oh. And, hey, we're going to... And there would be, like, uh, Spider-Man uh, books that would come out with four different chromium yep. covers to collect them all. And you're like, wait, what's the f-
0: point of this? I uh, Yeah. Even beyond that, like, I, I, I distinctly remember I was in Yakima at the Valley Mall. They had a comic book store in the mall, which tells you this is not a very high-class mall. Um, I walk in, and there's the Death of Superman book, and I'm like, I'm excited because I've been waiting for this to come out, and I'm, you know, in Yakima with my family, I can go ahead and pick up a copy. Right. And then right next to it are, like, the last five Death of Superman album or books. The ones that happened in the 80s, the 70s, the 60s, and the 50s. Oh. And th- nobody's ever heard of them, right? Except, yeah. like, Supreme Comic nerds, And that's when I realized that, not to sound like a weird person here, but comics had sort of gone a little too mainstream to the point where people didn't even remember the history on them. And right. they could now just totally bend people over and take as much money as they wanted for this kind right.
1: of stuff. Right, so it kind of went mainstream. It kind of became a big deal for a little while uh, in the in the mid, eh, I would say, 93-ish is when yeah. it really kind of hit. Um, and then it kind of crashed because they'd oversaturated the market. Yep. People really weren't that into comics, so they thought it was something they could collect and make money off of. Which it turns out you were not so not to the volume that. Don't that tell my
0: parents that because I told them that's their retirement.
1: All right, <laughs> uh, whew, they're going to be disappointed.
0: Yes, they are. But interestingly, there was another revival just waiting right around the corner in the form of right. superhero movies. Right, which is what we're really
1: talking about. But we had to get out of the way that we're <laughs> pretty big comic book nerds. Yeah. I mean,
0: who
1: was who was Peter Parker's? first girlfriend. Gwen Stacy. Right. See? And how did she die?
0: She fell off a building.
1: And? By? Who who pushed her off the building? And it wasn't Green a building. Donald.
0: It wasn't a building. Or I'm sorry. It was the, uh, the
1: bridge. Right. And then how did she actually die? She didn't hit the ground.
0: Oh, she died because Peter caught her with, or Spider-Man caught her with the webbing and
1: right, and, her, and neck. her her neck snapped. Which yeah. I don't think would actually happen. Maybe I don't know. Well, it depends well, on the tensile strength the bro- of the webbing. It yeah, depends yeah, right. on she how fast the, she's falling. She fell off the Brooklyn Bridge most of the way down before the webbing caught her. That yeah. that, that that. I mean, that's, we're, we,
0: we yeah. have a math problem here and a whiteboard and no Goodwill hunting either. So right. we're pretty much pooched as <clears> far And far as who was her father? Uh, Captain Stacy. Right. <laughs>
1: See, so we know more than you do. Maybe I don't know. Depending on who you are, you you may know
0: more than us. <laughs> yeah. Um. So interesting that you chose Spider-Man, because Spider-Man was really the first kind of big-picture superhero movie that didn't supremely suck, Yeah, that told an awesome story. Granted, they took some liberties. Some of them I'm okay with. Some uh, of them I wasn't. You know,
1: I, I, did, since you said this, I actually thought that the um, the webbing... Yes. The, the webbing as a mutation of becoming Spider-Man, I thought was the right move. I yeah. totally think... Because sometimes they change the canon, and you go, why would you do this? But I think that was one that was... Um, a great idea. A great idea, right? Because I, I, honestly, so, I think Peter Parker is supposed to be really smart. and He's supposed to be a very smart kid, but come on, he invented this webbing fluid as a 16 year old or or what, however old he was. That that was like
0: well, is impossible. Here, here's right? the thing: he managed to do something that if you could do it in real life like firefighters would be using that, police officers would be using that. There is such a marketable ability for a kid that can come up with that thing over the weekend. It's like, I've got my grandma's uh, perfume mister, which anybody that's read the original (laughs) comics remembers that's what he's looking at. That he's like...
1: Hey, wait a minute. minute. From this perfume
0: mixer, I can now... And then, like, so, okay, let's say that he can come up with his magic webbing stuff that does that. He then also comes up with a delivery system and a manufacturing process. Who is building this crap for Peter? Right, right, Well, he's
1: doing it in his bedroom. Right, in his bedroom With it has... Now, here's the crazy thing. Peter Parker needs to make some money, right? I mean, yeah. that's part of it, right? He needs to pay the, the rent for Aunt May, and he's got to... Well, I mean, initially, he was just trying to make, make a buck, right? He wasn't trying to help anybody out. But if you're going to try to make a buck... Yeah, right? sell
0: the magic crap that you just <laughs> built, right? <laughs> <laughs> right? I mean, I, you've
1: just invented the greatest thing ever, yeah. and and instead, I know, I'm going to try and win some fight at the local yeah. uh I'm going to go fight a wrestler for 500 bones, <laughs> right, right. So when instead or, I could
0: yeah. Just, d- Hey, uh, Tony. Yeah, we need to talk. I've got this great idea. Right. Um, and even
1: when that doesn't work out, hey, I got an idea. I'm going to sell some photos to the Daily Bugle.
0: Yeah, exactly. Right? <laughs> for the next for the next 50 years, super magic happening in your bedroom, and not the right kind of magic, I might add. Right. And you decide to take pictures for a living, and like seriously, yeah. bad business sense in Peter Parker. Yeah. Um, which is why I, I think the mutation
1: make, just makes more sense it's yeah. easier and it's easier to go oh hey you know uh crazy stuff from the animal kingdom happens and he mutated it yeah it, it's weird because in some ways it's it's less likely to actually happen in re- in the real yeah, world, yeah, yeah. like in in Cause, some ways, because
0: we have to worry about reality. Here I know. In comic book this,
1: this is one of those things where where in in reality, creating a mechanical device that would do that is more likely to happen than a mutation. Yeah. And yet, as I'm going through it with my suspension of disbelief, it's the simpler explanation, and so yeah. I like it better.
0: Mm-hmm. So uh, as as while we're on Spider-Man, and in a second here, we're going to jump off to some other movies that are out that have come out in the last what ten or fifteen years or whatever. Yeah. Um. What was your feel on um? Replacing Peter's childhood love in the movie. How did that go for you, uh, Mary Jane, as opposed to Gwen Stacy?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, I think I think overall his his well, and I think they, they I can't remember the third movie because it was such an abomination, but they I, I actually and they, they did, did bring actually Gwen Stacy in and yeah, and, and actually in in the original comic books, I mean, uh, Mary Jane was was the first um, you know his first crush, but then he actually dated. Went Stacy so they kind of switched it around I didn't really have a problem with it I, I thought that was I was I was I was okay with the way that they went just straight in I, I liked it I thought it was better that way
0: yeah I didn't so much have a problem with it either I was like eh, it was a little disconcerting at first but you know you get over it and it's yeah. fine so uh, on the topic of superhero movies there's been just a huge amount of them mostly Marvel coming out and I'm going to kind of yeah. run through a list here and first let's start with the DC ones um because there were a couple of those which, as well, which other than Batman Uh <laughs> Green Lantern, so so hang on, l- l- let's go back a <laughs> little bit because
1: they there were superhero movies in the seventies and eighties, oh, yeah, yeah,
0: like the great the Superman movies, and other like than Richard Pryor, right, and
1: Other and than Gene that, Ackman. other than other than those, they were all shit. Yes, totally, one hundred percent. Right? And there was the super,
0: a, even the Superman movies weren't good.
1: Yeah, and I think there was a uh in the early nineties, because I remember reading reading about it in Wizard, there was a Fantastic Four movie. Yes. Uh that never made oh. it anywhere.
0: Fantastic Four is not even on our list and it came out recently. Yeah. Well, it,
1: because I think on the list of good superhero movies, even the new Fantastic Four <laughs> movie was a little bit
0: disappointing. Okay, I'll I'll agree with that. The interesting thing about the Fantastic Four movie for me is that they took uh A character directly, actually, excuse me, an actor directly out of that movie and said, okay, you know, I know you've been playing Johnny Storm in our our movies for a while here. Um, What I'm thinking is you'd make a great Captain America. Can we go ahead and slot you in for Captain America, too? I mean, I hope to God that the Fantastic Four and the Avengers never bump into each other, because then what's going to happen? Is I, like Captain America <laughs> going go, flame on! And all I, of a sudden, he's flying away. I, I,
1: I don't know what's going to happen there. But that guy, why can't I remember that actor's name, has been killing it with the comic book movies, because the other movie that he was in, which is the... Uh, uh, the um, I don't know, the one where everybody gets killed. Um, I can't remember. Does it have... I'm um, going to have to...
0: I'm, Dude, you've got to start prepping more with these things. Yeah. Well, I didn't know we were going <laughs> to talk about this.
1: Uh, anyway, that guy's been in a bunch of comic book movies. I didn't
0: realize he was in anything other than Captain America. I'm gonna, you, you talk for a minute. I'm going to look this up. Okay, so while Matt's talking, I'm going to go ahead and run down the list of the movies that came out um, recently that we were able to come up with for superhero movies, right? So in the DC Universe, we obviously have the Batman movies. Which are probably the best Uh, and let's let's be clear i'm talking about the dark knight ones right um anything with what is that christian bale yeah Uh, yeah so as much as i love those movies and i think they actually did something that is uncommon in the movie world they went with the multiple villains which we can all agree as far as um comic book movies go when you have a comic book movie the first one is usually the story of how the guy got there, and he bumps into a villain, right? Okay, that's good. The second movie is usually where you start to have problems because you now have a superhero that's established, and you're going to go ahead and throw two villains at them. And this is where it breaks down because you end up with like a movie that is just not what it ought to be. You have too much going on. You have like weird, crappy plots, not even intricate, just crappy. But uh, in the Batman franchise, when they introduced, uh, what was that? Two-Face and the uh, Joker, yeah. right? Both of them actually got a fair shake in the movie. And even in the first one, I guess, where they had Raja ghoul and the Scarecrow, right? They they didn't really have primacy of one over the other. They didn't really have um, super kooky teaming up of villains. Yeah. They just had bad guys all kind of working in a general area that, uh, you know, and, and it was much more, I mean, for lack of a better term, realistic and believable. Yeah. Um, no, no, I'm with
1: you. I like to have a, I like a little bit more consolidated plot point of here's the one villain that we're yeah. we're, we're fighting. against. even if you look at like the third Spider-Man, right? I mean, there was the was Goblin and the Sandman and, and Venom. Venom. I mean, it was just, yeah, right. And, I mean, it was just like, hey, let's cram everything in together and let's have well, an epic super. I don't. And, it's and I too think much.
0: A lot of that, I, I'm going to go ahead and blame it on whoever does the screenwriting for the movies because. I understand when you have a cannon that's fifty years old, right? Yeah, you're gonna want to pull a lot of stuff in, and you're gonna want to really grab the best bits of everything. Yeah, um, but make another
1: movie. But make another movie, right? right? You have
0: options. I mean, I would love to watch um, a Spider-Man movie where the tarantula. Do you remember this guy?
1: Oh yeah, yeah. Uh,
0: he's like a he's a he, South American. Yeah, a uh, South American. Uh, he Spider-Man. had uh, poison-tipped uh,
1: like spikes on the on the toes of yeah. his feet that he'd kick at you with.
0: Exactly, yeah. like. I would kill to see a movie with him because I think they could do it <laughs> awesome, right? It would be like Zorro meets Spider-Man. Like they could slot yeah. Antonio Banderas in there. For some reason, I think
1: the Daredevil movie uh, with the guy who played um, Bullseye. Uh, bullseye. Uh, for some reason, that makes me think of um, Tarantula. I don't so, know why, but uh, here, and by the, the way, thing. Tarantula was in like four he Spider-Man was, books. He was How all, is it all that over the place? Was he? I yeah. thought he was only in a couple.
0: No, no, he was he was big in the seventies.
1: Yeah, well, that's where I saw him. I think he was in four books in the seventies, <laughs> and
0: apparently, we read the same four
1: Spider-Man books from in the from the seventies when we were like uh, so ten.
0: You did just bring up Daredevil now. Yeah, um, there's a lot of folks out there that hate Ben Affleck and think he's a crappy actor and all that kind of stuff. And now you take a perceived crappy actor Catholic. and uh, was it the bomb and Phantoms, <laughs> <laughs> you know. I like Ben Affleck. I don't care what people say; he's an all right. Like as far as actors go, I, I'm willing to watch his movies. But Daredevil, honestly, was a good movie. Hmm. A lot That's of people weird. didn't like it. I know I'm, I'm kind of on the on the. Odd I would side say of it was an, the okay. So I'm gonna say it was an okay movie. Here's the thing: D- Daredevil counts as one of those characters that I kind of put in the JV ranks. And there's a few of them that I've for a long, long time thrown in the, the junior varsity version of comic bookdom. And anytime they can make a movie with those characters in it that actually makes me interested and care yeah. about them, I'm all for it. I mean, I
1: actually thought, I didn't think the Daredevil movie was bad. I thought it was, I, I liked it. I enjoyed watching it. I, I, I own it. I got it as a gift. I probably wouldn't have bought it myself. But um, <laughs> it, it, was a good, it was a good flick. What was not a good flick was the spinoff of Electra. Oh no! That was like, a bad Jennifer bad Garner film. has been in a lot of good. And stuff. she was actually thought she was well cast as yeah, Electra. Well I cast thought as she Actually looked like what Electra should have looked like, as opposed to Ben Affleck as uh, as um,
0: Matt. What's yeah. his name? I don't remember. I just came up with the first name myself. I, I can't either. Um, as Daredevil. Yeah, but you're you're right. The Electra movie was horrible, and that's because they went like weird and eastern and mystical with it. It and, was just a little
1: yeah. yeah.
0: I just so, didn't dig it. Uh, so,
1: by the way, Chris Evans was, is the actor Cats we're talking America. about. Yeah, he he played Johnny Storm. He was in Fantastic Four.
0: Fantastic Four, Obviously
1: two. was obviously Fantastic Four, The Rise of the Silver Surfer. Uh, he was also played a voice, apparently, in the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie that came out in 2007. Wait, was he Donatello? He was Casey. I never saw the movie. Oh, I Casey. don't know. Um, He's the, the guy that runs around with a cricket bat-whacking yeah, people. Obviously, Captain America. Um, obviously, the Avengers. Uh, but the other one that I and also another comic book, Scott Pilgrim versus the World.
0: Wait, who did he play in that movie? He oh, he played the, that one. The actor, guy, the actor dude actor that, that, that
1: like the, tried uh, to do the rail grind down the uh, yeah. down the staircase <laughs> at the end is, is how they defeated him. Uh, but the the other movie uh, that uh, was an awesome movie and is a comic book movie, although it's not as obviously a comic book movie, was The Losers.
0: I saw a commercial for that, and it's on my list of stuff I'd like to watch. Yeah,
1: with Zoe Saldana um and uh yeah i
0: just I- imdb over there on his phone i'm telling yeah, you. yeah
1: yeah. and jeffrey dean morgan who was also in a comic book movie your favorite the Watchmen.
0: oh yes that was awesome
1: i'm only guessing it's your favorite because you wore it- that sweatshirt forever but well uh, so here's the thing like i uh, love the Watchmen also
0: i, I love the Watchmen. i uh i came to it late because um i don't <laughs> know even how i missed it when it originally came out but um the sweatshirt I actually ended up with because my I needed a new sweatshirt. You know, it's important for me to have a black sweatshirt with some kind of nerdy stuff on it. Yeah. Um. And I was at the uh, Hot Topic where I pick up most of my sweatshirts, and it was there on a shelf for like ten bucks. And you know, sweatshirts normally cost like thirty dollars to get one for ten bucks. I was all the way in. I didn't care what it said on it. Yeah. Um, and then I had a bunch of people that. There's a wide, wide culture of people that like The Watchmen out there because I got more comments on that sweatshirt than anything. So
1: here's the here's the thing about The Watchmen, and, and it wasn't on the original list that we put on here. Um, I think The Watchmen is probably one of the best book-to-movie translations yes. of any book ever. And I'm, I'm talking down. about, like, to, to Kill a Mockingbird. <laughs> and, wow. And One Flew Over Wait, the Cuckoo's Nest. Are death. you a big fan of Atticus uh, Finch? And... <laughs> uh, and um, I don't know. Uh so, Deliverance, right? I'm including it in all of these like actual literature that has been converted into a movie. Honestly, I mean the the translation of The Watchmen from from Book Form, which I mean it was it was it was in Graphic novel. Graphic novel, right? Let's 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 call it be the uh I don't know, the the, the more adult name than comic book, although I, I'm not exactly sure how it was any different how a graphic novel is different than a comic book, especially with The Watchmen, since it came out in Cereals. serials, right? Um, and, and The Watchmen, as a comic or or graphic novel, was one of the most acclaimed yep. um, stories, really. And even, I think, on the uh, collection of The Watchmen that I've got, it says, mm-hmm. you know, rate, ranked as one of uh, Time Magazine's greatest novels, the right. top 20, right? So, I mean, they're considering it, Actual very, people very consider it good literature, not yeah. just a comic book. So I think it's one well, of those, one of the, the comics that sort of um, elevates uh, the medium into and they, they carry
0: they carried that through directly in the movie too. Like when I went and sat down to watch the Watchmen, <laughs> that's kind of funny. Yeah, um, the intro piece to that movie was phenomenal. Oh, like, wasn't as it? I'm watching. i like, this is great. Like this is what like comics two movies ought to look like because if you look at like say spider-man yeah the spider-man intro is super super effing lame it's like <laughs> it's like a james bond intro we're gonna shoot right. spider webs everywhere we're gonna zoom down the spider web and we're gonna look up the barrel of the web shooter it's like no do something new do something inventive do something like that just gets you excited right and like even now watching the intro to the watchman is enough to make me like get up and be y'all giddy like a little kid right yeah
1: it, it's crazy so um Where I was going with this, though, so The Watchmen was written by Alan Moore, Mm -hmm. who disdains the movie and apparently (laughs) hasn't even seen it. Um, The other uh, really popular comic that Alan Moore wrote was V for Vendetta. Which is also which awesome is also too. translated very well into a um, movie. Although apparently, and I, I've never actually read the comic before Vendetta, mm-hmm. but my understanding is they took some more liberties with changing some of the the plot lines and stuff okay. between that and the movie. I never read the comics, either. and I think probably I thought the movie was very well done. Mister also disdains <laughs> V for Vendetta, the the movie V for Vendetta, and the yeah so he really so, has a problem with people turning his work into movies apparently but i think it's a shame because i think he did he did great writing to make these great uh comics and um you know some people have turned those into a different medium but it's still using the writing that he did and yep. the story that he developed and i think they've done a really good job of respecting
0: the original work see and both of those movies i thought did a great job especially uh I loved V for Vendetta. I didn't even know about it. I'd never heard of it. I had some friends drag me to it at the big picture show, and I was like, oh, "Ah, yeah. V for Vendetta. This is gonna be a crappy movie. It's gonna be another one of them shoot 'em up, violent, do what." Which I love those kind of movies, but you know how you just get your fill, and you're like, "I don't really need to watch another one where the guy is shooting as he's falling out of a plane, at the plane, and catches the side of a building and decides to like ski down it." Uh, right. No, right. I'm done. Yeah, that's a little bit much. Um, yeah, you can only get that in Batman movies. But uh, I'm sitting there watching V for Vendetta, and I'm like, "Oh my god, this is great!" And what what it was is they took like outlandish, crazy stuff that's going on both in uh, Watchmen and V for Vendetta, and they made it like accessible and real in a way that you don't see in a lot of superhero movies. Yeah, like the S- Superman movies you were talking about from the '70s. They are not um, like. There is obviously, and now we're in the science fiction part of the show. We're going to have crystals that do... No, yeah. like... I'm going to throw this crystal
1: into... It's crazy. Yeah. Into the Antarctic, and it's going to turn into... and, and yeah. super, I'm going to step into this thing, and I'm going to lose my powers. And yeah,
0: and you, you end up with stuff that people are like, what? And,
1: and well, and then Superman, what was it, 4... I the can't quest remember. For peace where yeah, where right? where movie? where Lex Luthor put some uh, some genetic material from Superman into a rocket and then when Ro- Superman took all the nuclear weapons and threw them into the sun yep. that genetic material turned into like a yeah. new Superman that Just, was true to Lex that was Luthor. evil and yeah, yeah it, like those plot mm-hmm. lines which granted that's a uh, comic book plot line but it doesn't translate well into uh, into movies.
0: Yeah, and I'd like to apologize for everybody today, since I am working in a very confined space. I keep whacking myself with my own microphone, so yeah. that's why you're hearing weird, thumpy stuff.
1: The, so oh, Before we go on, though, real quick. So uh, a, a quick tie-in, though, from The, Watch, from the Watchmen, uh, which was great, and directed by Zack Snyder. Uh, the other comic book movie that Zack Snyder did was uh, 300, uh, which was also Awesome. Uh, but apparently based on the look on your face, you think <laughs> it was maybe a little less awesome.
0: So I didn't really so much have a problem with three hundred except that it felt like it drug on a long time and the Really there's killing and, and stuff was happening and yeah, and, but and, 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 and Xerxes
1: so horde was all crazy and he had mutants and yeah, and, and I, sexy I, I was orgies and it was all
0: I, dude, happening. I, I'm, I'm fine with as many sexy orgies as the next guy. Um, but the visual aspect to the movie got a little bothersome and annoying. I thought they yeah. overused it. What did you think um,
1: about uh, Sin City?
0: Sin City I enjoyed. I wouldn't say it was great. Um, but visually on Sin City, I thought they... Well, well, they stuck with a very kind of monochromatic palette, and they added color in for particular bits to highlight something. Yeah, I thought that was good, and I enjoyed that, and I kind of liked the feel. Um, again, eh, it there's only fifty fifty on Sin City, but yeah. the and, and that was cool and I liked what they did visually. The, the, applying that same kind of filter to the three hundred, it was like, Okay, you're now in a room where it's not new to be doing this. Right. It's not really that exciting or dramatic anymore because the three hundred was not the fr- I mean No, I I mean, I think Sin City was was really awesome the first time you saw it in the Matrix.
1: And I think on that style, I think Sin City was the first movie that I remember seeing going, "Ooh, this is cool. They're really doing something different with uh, the black and white and then the colorization over the top of it and and weird stuff. And then I, I thought 300 was more of just a style. And the thing about 300, though, is they made it look like the comic. I mean, that's really, if you look at the comic, it, it had yeah. that same color palette. So, I thought it, that was kind of cool that they did it.
0: So, anyway. I, I don't need them to hold over that much. Yeah. I need them to entertain me in a new and exciting
1: way. So, my, 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 my segue here, though, is, is on Zack Snyder. And, and there's some crazy stuff. The movie that he followed up 300 with. 301? No, actually. And I'm going <laughs> to skip the first one that he followed it up with, which was uh, Legend of the Guardians, the owl movie, which... Whatever dude,
0: Matt Damon totally loved that. In yeah, the dirty yeah. Rock. so <laughs> and then he follows it up
1: with that was Sucker Punch, which was had that same stylized right um, thing, but didn't use somebody else's story. And was as far as I could tell, it looked cool. I was but, bored out of my mind watching that movie, and it doesn't make sense because it seemed like this is when I saw the previews for Sucker Punch. I thought, Oh my god, this is the next great movie that I'm gonna love yep. and be totally into. It's got I, I, I like the style that they're doing with it. I like that they're doing it with hot chicks. I like that there's there's cool like people flying around in mechanized things, and, and, and samurai fights, and all this cool stuff, and they're going to cram it all into one movie, and it's going to be the most epic thing ever, and I am really disappointed with this. So Yeah, was,
0: Sid and I made it about 15 minutes into that and just stopped, because it was going nowhere fast, and we're like, we're done.
1: Yeah, he, he really blew it with that. So, here's the other thing, though, about Zack Snyder. So, I, I listed off his last four movies just now. His first movie was Dawn of the Dead. Which was awesome. The remake, which was also awesome, but completely... Um, Different style-wise, right? Mm -hmm. So he went from Dawn of the Dead to 300, which I think is a huge jump in... um what it looks as a director, right? As okay. cinematography, right? Dawn of the Dead looks like it was filmed on. <laughs> high <laughs> 8 Exactly, right? And like on a budget with, you know, I mean, yeah, they had Ving Rams, but everybody else was uh, mostly. <laughs> Who, by uh, the
0: way, is an awesome actor. I love Ving Rames. That, that guy is just rocks. Everything he's in,
1: he's <laughs> awesome. Um, but yeah, Dawn of the Dead was an awesome movie, but uh, it was just, I, I just thought it was, it was, I thought it was kind of cool to be like, hey, this dude went from doing basically a almost semi-indie movie to then going and doing 300 and then doing Watchmen, which are yeah. just super high-end, big-budget films that look great. And I know we disagree with 300, but but are awesome movies. And then he's kind of trickled out the, since then.
0: So one of the things that happens, in, uh, especially in comic book movies, I find, is you can start with something really awesome, Right. And then, as you start to kind of build that franchise, like let's uh, go ahead and just use X Men as an example here. The X Men, the first one that came out,
1: yep, good movie, pretty good, pretty uh, good,
0: not a real problem. And right. then you had the second one and the third one, and then the which and remember, kind of, we saw
1: the second one in Vegas. Yeah. Uh, And we both walked out of there going, oh, my God, that was so much better than the first movie.
0: Right. And then you get to the third movie and they kind of like just hated it. Yeah. We're talking like Star Trek five here. Right. It's just horrible. You know, very infrequently. Can you come back from that? And I think the X-Men franchise especially did awesome with that. Did you watch X-Men first class?
1: Yeah. And I didn't think I was going to like it. I thought so, so. So here's 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 my sequence of events: is that I saw X Men three and hated it. I hated some of the editing in it. I yep. hated uh, some of the storyline in it. I, I there was parts. Granted, I've gone back. I've rewatched some of it on on it was on cable, mm-hmm. and I was like, okay, this wasn't as bad as I thought it was. But some of the storyline points and some of the editing really just ruined it. The right. editing part specifically being the Golden Gate Bridge, which I I, I rail on
0: yeah. uh, constantly. When it goes with that from to dark. Yeah, it's it, just
1: not acceptable. Um, I don't know what they cut
0: from that between yeah. those two scenes. There was an eight-hour fight there where right. Cyclops used his eye beams.
1: Yeah, it was Cyclops i beam for eight hours. Um, so yeah, I-, I wasn't thrilled with that movie. And then, uh, and then Wolverine came out, Ugh. and not.
0: But here's the thing: if you like to see Hugh Jackman walking away from exploding buildings, Wolverine is the movie for you. Yeah. If you like to see Ryan Reynolds without a mouth. Wolverine is the movie you for you. Here's <laughs> the thing
1: uh, with the with the Ryan Reynolds bit because uh, if I was gonna be gay for some dude,
0: it'd be Ryan Reynolds. It would probably be
1: Ryan Reynolds. It's because uh, he's funny and hot. He's funny. And he's a good-looking guy. He seems like a guy I want to hang out with um, and smoke his pole. Yeah, and. Yeah. Um, yeah, so so you got a guy like that in your movie, like really use him as opposed yeah. to 30 seconds of dialogue at the beginning of the movie and then edit it out for the rest of it and then the re- and then he's like all cut up and no mouth and and nothing else for the last 15 minutes of the movie. It yeah. just didn't make s- like if well, you've got an asset like that, use it. Yeah. And like and and, and make him Deadpool. Don't make him uh like, because cause that was, like, it, it yeah. never really said he's Deadpool at they any They dressed him like Deadpool. Right. But, well, except for not. Well, you know. Yeah, but, yeah. Yeah. but, but if you're going to do
0: that, like, really do it. Own it.
1: Be like, all right, this dude, this is, we're going to make this the origin of Deadpool, and he's going to be, you know. Yeah. And, and
0: that's something I think they could leverage a lot more in superhero movies if they didn't look at every person as an independent entity that needs to have their own making of movie. Like, uh, for instance, and they sort of did this with, the, and I can't believe I keep going back to this stinking movie, Daredevil, right? They introduced Daredevil, they introduced Electra and then Elektra gets her own show. If they'd done the same kind of thing with Wolverine here, and they'd actually tried to, s- like, just get something out of this abysmal pile of movie, they could have gotten the beginnings of Deadpool, right? Yeah, and then yeah, yeah. Gone somewhere it, like it. That, that would have right been awesome. That. And with the Marvel Universe especially, since I'm well-versed in Marvel, it would be really easy to kind of plan out a multi-year... Kind of approach to okay, I'm gonna have this movie. I'm gonna introduce this character is the main character. You but mean like they
1: could do like the Hulk, and then they could do uh, an Iron Man movie, and then so they could throw in a Thor movie. No, 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 no. no.
0: <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm. Marvel's doing I, a great I job. I think with th- I think they're pulling
1: it together yeah. right now. I mean, but I think like, they did a great job.
0: And you do see but that a little bit in Iron Man, especially because you start to see Nick Fury. Which, by the way, uh, Samuel Jackson is Nick Fury is awesome. You know, <laughs> I, I
1: when when they first said, "Hey, Sam Jackson's Nick Fury." Uh, I was like, wait, but yeah, Nick Fury Nick, is a Nick weird white looking dude. Nick Fury is an old kinda, white dude. Like, yeah. this doesn't make sense. He's not an old black dude. I mean, it's just like a different like take on the character. Yeah. But he's owning it. and he he's is actually, doing great. Yeah, he, he he makes you go, oh yeah, Nick Fury's a, yeah. Nick Fury's an <laughs> angry black dude.
0: <laughs> All of a sudden, like growing up, I used to think that Nick Fury was kind of like a uh, weak sauce Captain America. Yeah, it's like they well, ran out of stories, and they're like, let's create a guy who uses a shield. But doesn't wear a mask, and Robert. we will call him Nick, Nick Fury. Fury. <laughs> it's like
1: really, yeah. Um, I I think so. Th- I think Marvel's done a good job with it, and and I think they pulled the F- X fr- or the X Men franchise back oh, a little yes, bit with with First Class. Now I gotta say, th- I had some issues with First Class. I had because the storyline like just kind of like tweaks some of the canon. Like okay, yeah, but, obviously. But they'd actually already set it up that. If they stuck with, hey, this is the same universe as what we did for the first three, four movies, there's some things we can't do anyway. So let's, let's. Mess with it, but if
0: you look at it as a pseudo reboot, I think it actually stands up well. Yeah, like uh, for instance, Star Trek I know not explicitly a comic book movie, but also something that I care heavily about, apparently. Um, the new Star Trek movie that came out with uh, the younger people, and you actually see uh, Kirk cheating at the Kobayashi Maru, and they destroy yes. the Vulcan. I mean, oh my God. seriously, if you want to talk about rewriting a canon, how big is that? But you We're know, destroy here... a whole stinking planet. I know, but
1: they actually, you know, the, the cool thing about the Star Trek reboot uh, was that they there was kind of an explanation around it right granted it was the typical star trek time traveling <laughs> rewrite but uh it was it was just i thought it was so well executed on 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 every point that it, w- it was it was awesome and we've been talking yeah, for a really been, long time right now so yeah, I, I think
0: i think we are getting to the end of our time here <laughs> um so yeah that uh we, we could probably talk for a lot longer on, comp- on science fiction sure Comic books. Sci fi movies,
1: movies, comic books, yeah.
0: But uh, tune in next week where we may pick up this debate again and actually highlight some of the movies that sucked and some of the movies that were great. And we will definitely do a a kind of compare and contrast uh, Ruby, Python, and PowerShell. And uh, yeah, we hope to hear you all next week. Have a good time. All right. Bye.